Everybody, it is Dave and Jeff. It is November 18th, 2020, and we're all keyed into the NBA draft because it affects Jeff. Well, it's been very fun, <laughs> and uh, we're just watching where we are. It's like pick 33. Yeah. And the Timberwolves take a kid from Minnesota, and you go, oh, that's cool. And then you realize they've already traded that kid to the Knicks. <laughs> so he... he uh, Within eight his... seconds of you saying, cool, Minnesota yeah. guy. Uh, did you watch the draft tonight, the NBA draft? I watched the first four picks. Okay. Different, but man, it sure keeps moving. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Pace. I like the fact that it's a good pace. It's only it's only two rounds. You yeah. Know, it's not the old days where it was 12 rounds. Right. And then you sit there and you go, okay, uh, I used to be, I know that guy, I know that guy. Now you just yeah. don't know that guy. No. I mean, guys are out after one year. You, you were the first one that pointed this out to me when you said the NBA draft sucks now because there's so many people from around the world that are getting picked that none of us had a chance to ever see. And you're like, well, I'll take your word well, for it. Might be a good guy. But it used to be, back in the day for me, I'm age yeah. myself here, when Chris Mullen and Patrick Ewing and Alonzo Mourning, all guys you saw for three, four years in college, you started to love it and were saying, okay, where are they going? It's, it's not like that right now. Yeah, no, you always skip the first part of that. There was a part A and a part B to that quote. The part A to that quote was the one-and-done rule is killing the NBA draft because there used to be – as you just mentioned, where you were watching guys for two or three years with a particular team, and they played very well. Now the guys that are there for four years are okay. I mean, the guys that go in the first well, round. If you're are, there four years, that means you sucked. Well, um, that's, and, you're, and you're old. Yeah, I mean, not how it is now, but it's not how it used to be. So my point was, when the one and done came in, that opened the door to all of these European players. And, and look, there may have still been a blend, Dave, but now when you're looking at guys, and my gosh, you're watching this draft tonight. Guys are 18 and 19. You expect these guys to go in and, and match up against James Harden or Westbrook or LeBron? Come on. Well, unless you're Zion, right? I mean, right. Just, just a year ago, you get a freak once in a while. Sure. but and, 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 you know, So here's the deal, though. One and done is dumb. I mean, mm -hmm. it's straight up dumb. If you can go work at TCBY at age 15 – if you're good enough to play in the NBA, you should be able to go ahead and get a job. And you just go right right from high school. Moses Malone yeah. did it in the 70s. Guys have done it in the past. It just became really popular around the time when Garnett started doing it. Kobe yeah. did it. And then they said, oh, the White shit. Howard, right? White I Howard. mean, a bunch of guys. Yeah, and then you sit there and you go. And then we've seen a bunch of guys that have failed. Oh, yeah. And you go, holy shit, man. Now what do they do? But you, you, the, to make a guy go to college was insane. Yeah. Just completely ridiculous because you know they aren't going to class. By the time they're academically ineligible, they don't give a shit. No, they should. I agree with you. They should get rid of the one and done, and they should also make it a little bit more player-friendly. I mean, I know they have that opportunity where I think Malachi Flynn did this, who drafted tonight by Toronto. Very cool. But I think Malachi, and I remember Steve Fisher was a big proponent of this, Allow these guys the opportunity, right? Have NBA scouts or GMs randomly assess where you would go in the draft. Yeah. And they go, hey, Dave, you know what? I'm telling you, I understand you're interested in coming out, but right now we don't see you higher than a 24th pick. This is XYZ, how much money you would make. But if you worked on... Two or three different things, we believe you can improve your draft standing. I think that would be great. Because they do do that. They do that. No, I got it, yeah. but I'm just saying it, it's really 
I would like to see more of it, like make it you you hear about it, but it's it still kind of feels like there's handcuffs on these guys. You know what the issue is? It's the guys whose families and friends are telling them how great uh, they are. Well, That's where you get thrown off. Yeah. Steve Fisher's not lying to anybody, right? Who's that Nick kid Saban's that we not know? lying to anybody. These guys are saying, I know the league. I know guys that know the league. Jeremy Tyler? Yeah, Jeremy Tyler was a perfect example. He just fell into the, the wrong area and then couldn't yeah. couldn't recover. But you see it all the time. It's the guys that, oh, man, dude, trust me, you're going to be in the money. You're going top five. You're going yeah. top three. And then you find out they can't go top 60. And you go, now what do I fucking do? Yeah. Next thing you know, you're Booby Miles in the car crying with your uncle. Damn. Going, what the fuck just happened? Damn, Booby. Uh, look, you could go back and look at uh, any draft you want in any sport you want. And there's just picks where you're like, you paid somebody to yeah. make that pick? It didn't matter what it was, but yeah, I just feel like if uh, if you had known these guys the way you had before, you mentioned Chris Mullen was a really good example. But, I mean, look at Pat Ewing. We'd watch Ewing go through. I mean, I mean, look Four at years, Pat Ewing stayed. Well, I mean, David, it's what we're seeing with Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. Yeah. Even if they're going for but, three, but in football you have to stay three. Well, no, yeah. that that's what I'm saying. But in basketball, you never had to stay. Yeah. But look at the excitement now when you've watched Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence or any of these guys that came from Alabama, right? I mean, big-time program guys where you go, oh, man, this has been really fun. We've watched these guys develop. You kind of get a knack of their personality, and then you go, oh, wow, how is he going to blend in? But right now, how many people, when you got to pick six, pick five. Pick four. Pick four. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how many of these guys did people really know the name? Yeah. And that's just because, for me, uh, as a Wolves fan, the number one pick's been talked about since they won the lottery. Yeah. So we've watched a lot about about Ball or Anthony Edwards. And then uh, it was kind of fun for them tonight. They go out and bring Ricky Rubio home, which is kind of fun, and a couple other you guys. excited so, about that? Yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's cool. You know what? Honestly, with Rondo leaving, he's going to leave for the Lakers. He's probably going to sign with the Clippers. Yeah. Let's talk about the Hawks. He's probably going to the Clippers. I was I wouldn't have been surprised until tonight that Rubio ended up as a Laker. Oh, wow. Because yeah. Kobe loved him. Yeah. Kobe was a huge fan. And, of course, Kobe's best friend and agent is now the general manager of the Lakers. I was like, I would not be surprised if Rubio was the guy. The, the story that was written tonight in The Athletic, really good, John Krasinski, uh, wrote a story that said when Ricky Rubio came to Minnesota, one of his closest friends was a very young Ryan Saunders, who is now the head coach of yep. that team. And they were very tight as Ryan Saunders was the last coach all the way to the right on the bench, kind of a young guy. And Rubio was a young guy and they hit it off. And, uh, and that's one of the main reasons Rubio probably coming off the bench behind D'Angelo Russell. I don't see him playing the two. But they said he's ready to go there and, and be kind of a veteran presence for Anthony Edwards or Jared Culver or uh, D'Angelo Russell or Carl Anthony Towns and also kind of be a right-hand guy for, for his friend. So kind of a cool story. Yeah, ab absolutely. The big story, obviously, today yep. is Ron Fowler. Ron mm -hmm. Fowler, executive chairman, steps down. Pete Seiler steps in as executive chairman for the Padres. Were you surprised by that move? No, I thought when Wayne Partello uh, walked away a couple of weeks ago, not to go to inside baseball, but Wayne came here with Mike D. Yeah. When Mike D left, I think a lot of people thought Wayne's time, uh, that Wayne was on the clock, but he didn't. 
and he had worked really closely with Ron, uh, was the point guy on the development of the brown uniforms, and Wayne kind of seemed like a lifer. And then just a couple of weeks ago, we saw the announcement that Wayne and Katie Jackson were leaving their position uh, to go start a marketing firm, which seemed kind of weird timing in COVID. And you never heard that they were under anything, but you wondered, hey, is this maybe the first step towards Ron leaving? Is Ron going out? So you make a few calls and people thought, yeah, Ron's probably going. And it opens the door for Eric Ruppner to assume a bigger role with the team. And, uh, but you know, David, it, it's you look at Ron Fowler, what he's meant in this city, right? I mean, he, I dealt with him when he was the owner of the Soccers. I've already said numerous times how great he treated everybody in that organization. Look yeah. at what he's done at USD and contributions to San Diego State and so many other philanthropical things that he did in this community. And then kind of when the Padres needed somebody to come in and rescue them from the disaster that was Jeff Morad, uh, Ron Fowler was there to do it with Pete Seidler. And, I mean, early on it was a little rough, right, with Matt Kemp and the Uptons and everything else. But, but what Ron and Pete did to overhaul Petco Park to make it insane. I mean, remember how small the, the video board was and yep. now it's perfect? Bringing back the brown and gold, investing the money to go get Manny Machado, uh, signing off on some big-time trades. Like, his impact has been really, really impressive for this team. I think he walks away with his head held high. Remember when he came out a year ago and said if the Padres aren't a competing team, that heads were going to roll? Including his. Yeah, which is kind of funny because his head shaped like a bowling ball. Like his head would roll. You son of a you bitch. You son of a bitch. You're, I said it first. I could take him. <laughs> Ryan so, beat you yeah, up. He probably would. He probably would. So so here's the deal with mm -hmm. Ron. I, am, I was surprised not because you knew the day was coming. And not saying the organization is now in, in deep shit. I think Pete Seiler is going to be fine. Yeah, and I think Eric Grebner's doing a fantastic job. So, so, yeah. so here's the the deal with Ron. The team finally is completely going in the right direction. Like this is the fun yeah. part. This is what we've all been waiting for. The party's about to start. Yeah, and I'm surprised he didn't stay around a couple more years to enjoy it. Well, he'll still be there in an advisor he, role. Yeah, He's still there you. on the board of directors. He's but not the guy holding the World Series trophy when Burton Musburger hands it to him. When who? Burton Musburger. Brent Musburger. Who the fuck's who's Burton? Brent Musburger? Well, why, why would Brent be handing him? I was being a smartass, dude. Of course, Brent Musburger's not handing the fucking trophy. Uh, no, I thought what Ron said today was pretty cool, where he said, you know what's great? I can just go out as a fan, have a hot dog, watch the game, and not sit there and have to feel like I have to make every decision. And he goes, I could just hang out. I mean, he's not a, he's not a young guy. And uh, it sounded like the, the transition for Pete buying him out went, relatively smooth and move quick and and look here's the other thing and i like wayne wayne's always been a friend so i i'm not saying this to to kick wayne i, I think the promotional items the last couple of years have not been that great yeah you said that you don't like it no and and wayne was very candid in, in conversations i had with him saying ah man we we kind of whiffed on a few things yeah. now last year would have been interesting right with the with the start of the brown and gold 
But now you got kind of a new vision coming in for that. Now, I don't know how much that'll fall on uh, Eric or, or whoever the new marketing people are. But, uh, but Grubner brings a young, dynamic energy, incredibly popular in that building. Yep. And the guy's put his dues in, man. Really, really good dude. So I, I'm incredibly thankful for Ron, what Ron and Peter have done to save our team. And now you go, God, get on you, Ron. Like, enjoy it, man. You, you, you did yourself proud. Do you think the changeover is seamless, or do you see any major changes that we would know as fans? Yeah, I think Ron will, uh, unlike what we're seeing in politics, I think Ron will work with the incoming oh, in really? administration. <laughs> he will not block He will not block Eric. He starts putting tweets out saying, <laughs> I'm still executive chairman. I'm still chairman. the guy. He just doesn't leave his office. Oh, fuck. Mark Guglielmo just has to go in and throw him the Get the fuck out of here, Ronnie. I'm not leaving. Um. No, I think, dude, I think he's great. Like, it, it's cool, man. It's just different. But look, here, so immediately after what's happened in the last 24 hours, where Theo Epstein stepped down yeah. with the Cubs and, and. He left him horribly in bad shape. Well, look, the owner left him horribly in bad shape. The owner demolished their money by getting greedy and doing everything he could to block the bleachers. And building everything up and then really handcuffed what they did. So Theo leaves and now everybody today, uh, Bob Nightingale, who, I mean, credit to Bob, he had Tony LaRusso first. But Bob's like, this opens up an opportunity for Theo to join the Padres. Padres? That's what he wrote. Oh, man. Well, uh, I'll tell you this. Pete Seidler from Everything You Hear is thrilled with the job that A.J. Preller has done. Yeah. There's absolutely no way that A.J. Preller is going to sit around and listen to Theo Epstein, and there's no way Theo Epstein is going to let A.J. Preller make the calls. That's the only – it's the first time I've heard anything like that. Don't, all I've ever heard oh. from Theo is I'm taking a year off because my brother's my hero, and my yeah. brother's about nonprofits. I want to do what he's doing. And if I decide to come back to baseball because there will be a third act down the road. Yeah. He it, said I, no to the Phillies, yeah. no to the Mets because the Mets have Sandy Alderson. Now, again – like I said, people laughed at Bob <laughs> when he said Tony Larusa, that old drunk, but he got the job. Wow! So people are laughing at Bob again now. I don't know. Theo has said that he would like to go in an ownership role. He obviously has strong ties here. I mean, he he started in the Orioles organization, but really, yeah. where he learned everything was here. But I, I'm just saying, you bring Theo in. Let's just play that game. Okay. You bring Theo in, all those dudes that have built that farm system are gone. However, the flip side is, yeah, you're gone, but I'm bringing in a guy who ended the drought in Boston. I'm bringing in a guy who ended the drought in Chicago. He loves his city, graduated from school here. He has strong ties to this franchise, and he will be incredibly motivated to bring it here. So, Dave, I'll ask you, you're Pete Seidler tonight. Ron Fowler has just stepped aside. You have now just uh, assumed duties. Theo Epstein is a free agent, effective Friday. Do you get on the phone with Theo Epstein and say, what does it take for you to come in here and go three for three with franchises that desperately need a world championship? But you just said that Theo wanted to be in an ownership group. He, he could, but okay. Theo's got the money. So do you say, hey, Theo, come in here. I'll sell you part of Ron's shares. I'll sell you, Pete bought Ron out, 
So, yeah, well, I'll, I'll buy from Ron and sell to Theo. If you're Pete Seidler, do you get Theo Epstein on the phone and make him run? Why not? I do. Because right now the organization's never done better. Yeah, you fucking just signed a guy who's having Tommy John surgery to a two-year yeah. deal. <laughs> well, they were, God damn. Dude, they signed Mark Pryor, and they, this is what they do. Yeah. And Johnson, this is what they fucking do. And Richards, they like signing guys that can't throw. My, by the way, my right arm is killing me. Maybe they'll sign me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? No, I, I honestly, I think the organization is going in the best direction ever. I think you do that. AJ feels like he's been undermined, and it causes major fucking problems. But the one team that you just said, that ownership group, that is coming up for sales, the Dodgers. The Dodgers yeah. will be up for sale in 2021. Well, he's not going there. Friedman's not going to. But he's saying if he wants to be in an ownership group, that's I a whole other deal. That's not saying I want to run the team. I want to be the owner. Got it. But you understand what he's going to do. He's not going to go there and be Magic Johnson he'd, sitting around in a fucking. Uh, he But he doesn't have to do jack shit. Friedman's the best executive in baseball. He's still going to get his. He's wherever well, he what, goes. Honest to God, I don't think Theo has done a very good job the last few years. He left the Chicago Cubs in really bad shape. Yeah, they're a little banged up. I mean, seriously, look at fucking that that Jason Hayward contra- uh, contract Ugh. killed him. The John Lester deal was killing him. Yeah, the Chris Bryant deal has been bad. Everything's been bad that he's touched. They're trying to get rid of Javi Baez. There's not one guy that you go. He's playing up to his potential right now with the Cubs. So again, I'll play devil's advocate. Yeah. And I do think Theo is a Hall of Famer. Like he's going he absolutely the Absolutely, he's yeah. a Hall of Famer. But I'll tell you, when he left the Cubs, he left the cupboard bare. Jed Hoyer's fucked. Uh, I can't wait to hear him on with Paul and Ben. They're going to get him. <laughs> Paul's got his number. Don't ask how he got it, fucking guy. Fucking guy. Uh, don't get me started. Um, all right, you go, hey, man, I was president of baseball operations, Jed was the GM. And if I'm going to let Jed be the GM, then I'm going to have to let Jed make decisions. Because if I'm crushing every, I'm just saying, I have no idea what happened. But how do we know what happened, right? Yeah. Fucking guy won World Series with the Red Sox and won World Series with the Cubs. There is nobody right now out there that has those credentials that's available. And you know what? A couple of years ago in San Diego, yes. But now to make that happen, then I think you're undercutting Eric Gruppner, who who's put his time in. I think you're undercutting Preller. And I think all these guys that have scouted and drafted Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams and Hassel and went out and signed guys like Camposano and Morihone and Patino, man, all those guys are Preller guys. Yep. So I just, I don't think. Why, it, would you make the move? What are you saying? No, I I think you look at it, but I think you look at it and you go, God damn, that we just got to the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. You're one of the top five teams in baseball right now. I don't know if you are with Clevenger well, going going with, down. Without Clevenger, you aren't top five. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. If Pete Seidler is smart tonight, he has to look and say, okay, we made a run, but who'd we get beat by? the World Series champions who are in our division. Pete Seidler has to ask himself over the next week or month, do I strongly believe that with the financial resources that I can provide, that the guys I have in place can help me beat the Dodgers? Because I didn't get into this game to be a wild card team. And if he says, mm, I don't know, I might talk to Theo. I might. So how much did he have to pay Ron out? You have any idea? Do you know oh, the number? 
Uh, no idea. So I'm curious to know. I didn't realize, by the way, that Pete had $3 billion of his own when he came in in 2012. Wow. Yeah, Pete has a little bit of money. That's yeah. his own money. That's not his family's money. That's no, his money. No, yeah. Well, now, yeah, I mean, dude, that's huge, yeah. right? Well, and they had part of Fox Sports San Diego. Now, I don't know how that works, right? But you own part of the TV network. And and I say I don't know how that works because the regionals were recently sold off to Sinclair. So I don't know if the Padres cash out in that deal or if they retained. They I think, Dave, they had somewhere around 20%, which is a huge number yeah. by itself. I don't know where that stands, but I just, uh, look, they're making money down there. Uh, 2020 was a very rough year for them. For everybody in baseball. For everybody in baseball. And and this year was so exciting because it will be a little anticlimactic when fans can get back in with the brown and gold because we know what it would have been like in the energy last year yeah. when those guys hit the field. But you make the most of it. Make the most of it and, and get out after it. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Theo shit uh, that you read today, he just had to get the fuck out of Chicago. He just had to hit the reset button. Um, He'll talk, right? Yeah, this I mean, a, he walked away from $10 million. You which know? tells you how much he has, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I mean, again, money is not an issue. His family had money, too. It's, he's not starving. Theo's, no. Theo's going to be okay. He's a very smart guy. Will always be okay. How many did he win with the Red Sox? Theo should be the fucking commissioner for Christ's sake. You know, um, David, I read something today about that, and it's funny where they said it's hard enough running the Red Sox. It's hard enough running the Cubs. And now you're going to add in the <laughs> all the other dummies that have all their shit, right? Peter Angelos yeah. and, and all these other goofs. Like, you got to be borderline nuts to want that job. The funny thing with, you know, when he took the Red Sox job, he was showing the clip yesterday when he uh, became general manager and how he that was this team, you know. Is he 28 loved, at that time? 28 years old. And God how he damn. just loved the Boston Red Sox and what a big deal. But he got the job. And then, remember, he quit at one point. Then he came back. Yeah. And, you know, Larry runs you into the ground. Lucchino yeah. is a tough boss. And so he ends up leaving, you know, for the Cubs, as you said, he pulled off the second miracle in 2016 when they win the World Series. And you just go, that's just, that's just fucking amazing that he did it twice. Yeah. And he said the Cubs World Series meant more to him. And he said it's just the number of years. And I think in his mind, the reason he said that, and I'm guessing, is I did it without Larry. Yep. I did this on my own. 100%. You, I am smart. I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah, because, look, Larry brought him on. Larry and Charles – uh, brought him in in Baltimore. Yep. He was part along with Glenn and Mike and Sam and so many of that group that came from Baltimore to San Diego and really pumped life into this organization. And ultimately, at the end, while Theo was working for Kevin, uh, he's still under the thumb of Lucchino. Now yep. he goes to Boston. We all know the story. Billy Bean says no. And very similar to when Larry hired Kevin after KT had sat in on all the interviews and, and Larry determined the best guy for the job is the guy sitting next to me at the table. Same thing happens in Boston. But you're right, Dave, because you always have to go to the sounding board. You always have to go to the sensei, right? Yeah. And I get that. 
and I hope their relationship is good. I have no idea, but it was very, maybe I draw too much into it, but he talked today about the Ricketts family in Chicago. And he said, man, when I look back at, at John and Tom in Boston, and there was no mention of Larry. Wow. And that to me, I just looked at that and go, I mean, Larry, Larry was an owner. Yeah. There were three of them. And when he talks about Tom and when he talks about, you know, just John and Tom, sorry, I, I think that would, I think if Larry saw that quote, it would bother him because yeah, he gave him life. He did and, and believed in him. And, uh, yeah, I just saw it. So wow. I don't know, but I, I think San Diego would interest him, but you just wonder yeah. what it would do. I mean, it, it's a very interesting dilemma. Sure, you like everybody who's here, but you're a wild card team tonight. Yeah. I mean, that, that's who you are. So do you want to be a wild card team or you want to be a World Series team? You know, because there's funny, a though. guy out there who did it for two organizations that might be the only two that were more desperate than the one you own, Pete Seidler. They're in a bad division right now with the way the Dodgers are. I mean, if they were in the Central, they'd be the favorites to win that fucking division. Yeah. You know, it just happens to be, as you said, the world champions are right there. Are, 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 have you had it with AJ? I always feel like I'm the toughest guy in AJ, and right now I don't feel the way I did a year ago with AJ. No, I, I haven't had it with AJ at all. I mean, I the, the Clevenger deal to me is incredibly strange, like why you would do a two-year deal. No, I haven't, but I'm not the guy who has to ultimately determine – what is the goal and can this guy get us there? Can he get us to the promised land? And and I think Seidler's a numbers guy, man. Seidler is very, very heavy into analytics. Yes. And Theo was one of the early guys, right? One of Theo's first tires we talked about the other night was Bill James and doing all that. I think uh I think I'd have a conversation with him. I really do. I think I'd have a conversation with him because you look at the track record, and like I said, Dave, if he had not really cut his teeth on this organization, if he didn't have the history that he has in this city, if we were the Milwaukee Brewers and Eric's in place and AJ's in place, no, I'm just going, uh, it's cool that he's available. But you know what this community means to him. You know what Kevin meant to him? I mean, he knew all those guys, right? He was there with all those guys. Uh, be really, really interesting. I think I talked to him. You would say I, I keep thinking if I'm Peter Seidler, I'm going. Well, this is my opportunity to show you what I can do. And my I don't vision. think Pete's like that though. Pete's not. Pete never grabs I don't know, the he, spotlight. Did you read Pete's quotes today? It was kind of like this is going to be different. It's not saying that the Ron's a bad guy, but his his quotes were, "We see things different. It's going to be different." Well, he's had the chance and, and to do so, that. I mean, so why would he bring Theo in and say, "Hey, I want you to drive my car again"? And why? And you got to pay a shitload of money to him. Yeah, you know. Well, and so honestly, when I look at this Padre organization, I don't look at it as. And again, for years, I was saying it's time to get rid of AJ. Fuck this. Mm -hmm. This isn't working. It's too long of not having winning seasons. Right now, I don't feel that way. I honestly believe the main problem the Padres have, and it's one: they aren't developing the players that everybody is so high on. Because, okay, so stop right there. Yeah, who's responsible for that? It's the guys. It's the guys in the minor leagues. And who hired him? 
AJ hired those guys. Then he, get the fuck out of here. No, I'm, just, well, no, I'm, I'm being I'm dramatic, saying, but yeah. I'm saying. I'm just saying you have eight everyday players and none of them came through your organization. That's the big a big part of. It's a major problem. You're an analytics guy, yeah. Dave. So now you're putting that on the board tonight. Uh, Positives. Let, let me, yeah. Let's just do this. The instruction is bad. The coaching is bad. That's a huge negative. On If we're doing, if yeah. we're making a column on the whiteboard, that's a huge negative it against is. AJ. Yep. We're just not developing enough guys that are impact guys. And you can tell me, well, we drafted Renfro and we were able to trade him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, Lauer, so another first-round pick. Lucchese. Yep, Lucchese, another one that didn't work out. Um, yeah, I mean, hopes are high for a lot of these guys. But now you have to go. I mean, I think Pete's an analytics guy, yeah. man. The, the one thing that I would go back to – is uh, who's that fucking guy? We bring him up all the time. Bert Hooten. Not Bert Hooten. The guy who was uh, Eric Grubman. Eric yes. Grubman said, you know why the NFL is as successful as we are? Because we don't let emotion come in the way when we yes. need to make decisions. And I think, Dave, you're looking at A.J., and you're letting emotion get in the way. Yep. If you look at it from a business perspective, there is shit that you can look at and you go, the Hosmer deal made no sense at all. The Will Myers deal made no sense at all. Some of the money that we invested in the international signings made no sense at all. Yep. Um, players are not being developed. No good. Responsible for hiring Andy Green. Right? Yeah. No good. I mean, I'm just saying. You're there right. are things no, you can look at. Couldn't agree more. Now you go and you go, uh, paid the money for Machado. Pretty damn good year for Machado. We'll see how that goes. Instrumental was the guy to go get uh, Tatis. However, it cost me $30 million because he had also had me sign James Shields. Yep. Gets Cronenworth. Um, right? And then you yep. work around the outfield. We got Tommy Pham. Well, what did we get for Tommy Pham? A whole lot of nothing. Stole Trent Grisham. All right, that's a good one. Gold glove winner on the positives. Take the emotion out and then look at it and go, well, what's it going to take to get Theo here? Does it make sense? Yeah or nay? Yeah, for, for me, I'm, I'm saying the major problem is whoever the instructional guys are going, because everyone's telling you you have the best minor league system for years. Yeah. And those none of those guys are starting for the Padres. You've got to go, why? Why isn't that happening? And all these GMs, I mean, I don't know, right? We we don't really hear when instructional guys yeah. or lower level guys. I mean, we saw a few guys get blown out: Doug Bockler, Burt Hooten, Tony Tarasco. Work for the team? Fuck no. It's like you see like three guys that get moved out, and I know last year was weird. We all know that with no minor leagues, but if you're not getting the development out of these guys, right? Yes. Where they where they can come up and make and play. Fuck, look at Mejia. Look at uh, Urias. Look at how many of these guys came up, right? Margot. So many of these guys just came up. I mean, Frenchy Cordero. So none of these guys could come up and yep. immediately make an impact when they were guys that, I mean, you could throw Patino in that group. Now, I understand you had him coming out of the bullpen and he's a young guy. But still, Hedges was shit. I mean, we knew Hedges couldn't hit, but and I guess that probably goes to the regime before AJ. Yeah. But but there's plenty of guys that you look at questions about Gore. So tonight, if you're Seidler, 
I mean, that's your game, man. You're a numbers guy. Yeah. But God damn, would that put a ripple through baseball? Because you would, I just don't see how, how AJ and Theo coexist. They no, seem I'm, like I'm, completely oh, different I'm, personalities. I'm with, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all on that. It's, it's very interesting to see where the Padres are. I mean, again, we should be feeling great. The Clevenger thing is such a kick in the nuts because yeah. you're thinking, boy, we'd have him for a full season in 2021 and build on what we just saw in 2020. And the Lamette thing, we just don't know. You don't know if they're yeah. telling us the truth or not telling us the truth in Lamette. But assuming Lamette's healthy, you go, well, hell, you go out and get one more big-time pitcher and we're back to where they need to be as far as one of the better teams in baseball. But you're right. Without Clevenger and the pitching staff that you have left over or coming back, assuming – they didn't. They don't acquire anybody. You're going mm. well. Shit, this is a distant team from a second to first with what the Dodgers are expecting to put out there. But you're, I, you're absolutely right. But I think a huge amount of the credit that goes to Ron and Peter has to be that we're no longer in a situation where a guy making eleven million dollars uh, is forty two percent of the payroll. Yeah. Like now you go okay. We gave him however you want to do the numbers five and a half and five and a half. All right. Fuck. I mean, they're they're giving Pomeranz eight or nine. Now, Drew Pomeranz earned it, dynamite. But they're no longer feel like a franchise that's counting every nickel and dime, and and that's a huge tribute uh, to those guys. And I don't think can be said enough that you're no longer looking and go, well, shit, he makes ten million. That's that's it. Forget it. Darren said something today that oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't say that. It gets sensitive about it. Is he said something that I was glad he said because at the time when Ron and Peter came in, you and I and Darren were all working at the same station. Yeah. You and I were in Hawaii. We fly back and we're going right. Right, right to yeah. Petco Park from the airport and we're doing a, a special Padre show. Right. And then we went and watched the press conference. He said what you and I have said because people go, what the fuck are you talking about? I can't tell many people disagree with me when I tell you what happened in that press conference. Oh, yeah. The other two fucking slappies? The O'Malley brothers. His cousins? Yeah, his cousins. And Where are those and, guys? I, see, and that's what I said. Why do people act like they never existed? And Darren's, They're in the media guide for that first year. Yeah, and Darren said it. And I was like, dude, I thank God you're saying it. Because whenever I say this, people go, they weren't there. Yes, yes they, they were. were. They were all on that stage. They were all there. First cousins again, yeah. and and they were Peter O'Malley's sons, and the other yes, and Siler's yeah. Walter O'Malley's uh, grandson. grandson. Yep, and that's it. They were all grandsons of Walter O'Malley, and the other two were sons of Peter O'Malley. Yeah, and Darren said it today, and I was like, dude, I know I'm not fucking nuts. I was there. I saw it in person. Yeah, why do people act like the craziest thing to me? Okay, three crazy things right there. They disappear, and there's nothing about it. Bill Center, where the fuck are you? Yeah. Okay. The other one was, of course, the Mike D story. Like, right. you're talking a president of a major professional franchise is gone, but there's nothing. Well, start first with the O'Malley brothers. Yeah. Because the story was, it was four grandsons from the O'Malley family, right? Yep. And it's Pete and his brother, Tom, yep. who's still there. And then I think it was Kevin O'Malley. And uh, I can't remember the the other brother's name. I can't either. But, I, Dave, I remember when that year came up, like they were already gone. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it would only be speculation. Look, the Mike D thing. Remember, Phil Mickelson was supposed to be involved. Yeah, he had been talked about, yeah. but then 
Was he with that group, though, or was he with the know, Thomas Tully point, group? At one point, he was going to be part of Padre ownership. Yeah, he, he was talked about with – I I can't remember. I think the Mike D situation goes a lot different, and I think what you're seeing there – and I, I sincerely don't know. I don't ask because there's something there. There, there's something there that yeah, people aren't proud of. Yeah, and that gets into somebody's gets into Mike's personal life. Now, Mike's another guy that falls up. I mean, he's president of Intercom, but if you look at Intercom, shit. At one time, their stock was seventeen dollars a share, and now it's about forty-eight cents. So, I, I mean, you can't blame Mike for that. That's not Mike's fault. It was Intercom's decision to buy CBS Radio yes. that put him down. Mike didn't tell him to go write the check. But there were, Mike didn't know, fuck, because Mike owns a car and he's got a car radio. Now, all of a sudden, Mike's a radio executive. Mike's fucking claim to fame was that he put the Glidden paint can out there. And we all thought that was cool. Yay. <laughs> um, and, and Mike was always cool to us. Yeah. But there's something there that the organization doesn't it, it they they don't talk about it. Now, I don't know. I mean, that goes if you you go we're NDA signed, right? Non-disclosure. No idea. I have no idea, but I'm not obsessed with it. Uh, there are some people that are just absolutely obsessed I'll with it. I'll be honest it. with you. My complaint's not even with the Padres not talking about it. My complaint is that the San Diego media just lets it go. Well, true. We, I mean, it's, it's the craziest damn thing. There's true. not another city I can think of where they just let things go. All the time. All the time. Uh, I mean, Mike's responsible. I mean, it would have been Billy Epler here, and goddamn. I mean, Mike deserves credit for that. I thought Billy Epler would have been great. I loved when Billy got hired by the Angels. God, Billy was a disaster was. for the Angels. And he could have been a disaster here. And Mike saw something in Preller and, and convinced Ron and Pete that that was the guy. But, no, I don't know what happened there. And uh, and whoever is involved in that, for anybody, I'm like, shit, man. I don't know. I'm a karma guy, Dave. I, I just feel like I start digging too deep and trying to figure out what happened here and who was involved and who knew. Fuck, I just feel like that comes back to, to bite you. I stay the fuck out of that Did shit. Did you watch at all the, the Angels with their new general manager in the press conference at all yesterday? Uh, no. Okay, so the Angels get a new general manager, and it's a great story. I mean, the guy yeah. was a bat boy, and his dad worked in the clubhouse for the Texas Rangers, and he was around baseball his whole life. And he, he came from the Braves, by the way. Highly regarded. Highly regarded guy. And uh, the funny story was he, they asked him about baseball and MLB Network, and he goes, well, of course, I wanted to be a player like everyone else until one day I had to go out there and give the umpire a glass of water or a cup of water during between innings while Randy Johnson was warming up, and I watched the ball go to the catcher three times and walk back and go, well, I'll never play this game. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I got no chance. So he ended yeah. up getting involved where um, – I can't think of the guy uh, – John Hart. Uh, yeah. And Buck Walter got him in the front office with, no the, way. with the Rangers and kind of walked him through it. And it was a cool story. But he said everything that Artie Moreno would want to hear is he didn't want to, he didn't say, we have no fucking chance with this roster. Yeah. But he, basically, you look at him and you want to see, at least I want to see the Angels succeed. The only American sure. League team in Southern California. You have Mike Trout. You have yep. Rendon. But he didn't go around and say, let's be honest here. Fucking Otani's a major disappointment. He's yeah. nowhere close to the player any of us th thought he was. Everybody was fighting for him, and he's a big distraction because he's a mess. 
You never know when he can play. Albert Pujols, that contract, absolutely terrible. It's handcuffed the whole fucking franchise, and they have no pitching. But as a GM, you got to sell to the owner why you're the right guy for the job and you're going to win quicker yeah. than you know Artie expects to win. But we know, as baseball guys, everybody knows the Angels have nothing that can help Mike Trout because they don't have any pitching. Uh, story in baseball tonight that I think is incredibly cool and I absolutely think the Padres should steal this idea and implement it um, first Monday after Thanksgiving. Minnesota Twins, team I pay a lot of attention to, yesterday or in the last couple of days, yeah. ended their longtime relationship with the Rochester Red Wings. The Rochester Red Wings had been the AAA affiliate and a lot of players from the Twins had come through there. I mean, they've had different AAA teams throughout the year, but but Rochester was number one uh, for the handful of years. And they ended it because the Twins are doing something incredibly cool. They are getting ready to announce that their AAA affiliate will now be the St. Paul Saints. The St. Paul Saints, one of the iconic minor league teams owned by Mike Veck, Bill Murray, and have done so many things in such a fan-friendly deal and now, for baseball fans in the Twin Cities, yep. when prospects are coming up, you can go watch them across the river in St. Paul, and then you can go watch the big league team go. Dave, with the minor leagues in the way they are and the Class A ball being that the way they are, how incredible would it be if the Padres announced that they were moving their AAA franchise to Lake Elsinore? It makes sense. Because when you want to bring a player up, if they're assuming they're at home, it's easier yeah. to get them to the game. Right. It, like, for years, I thought the strangest matchup was the Oakland A's AAA team was in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Well, Pods yeah. had a team in Hawaii yeah. when I got here and then went to Vegas, which was great. At least it's close, right? If you want, yeah. if you need a guy to all of a sudden, someone's going on the DL, we need a guy now. Yeah. And to have, to have them in El Paso, to me, yep. is no sense at all. But if you had the AAA team and they were playing uh, for the PCL and playing at Lake Elsinore, right? Ontario airports, nothing. I mean, if you meaning for the team to fly anywhere they had to fly to go play. But for AAA and all, now all of a sudden, and I've done it. I did it to go see Paddock, Patino, Gore, uh, Reggie Lawson, Saw Luke Casey pitch, saw Eric Lauer pitch. Like, I've seen a lot of guys pitch, and it was really, really fun. A um, couple of the shortstops that have come yeah. up, right? Uh, Luis Torrens saw play there. Camposano saw play there. Like, a lot of fun guys to play. But I think the Padres should look at what the Twins just did and say, man, how do we explore that? Yeah. How Now, I don't know what the contract is with El Paso and how long it runs, but I have to figure there's a way to get out of it. But think about, too, what that does to pump life into the Storm organization. And now everybody that would go up there and be a part of it. I, I would love to see the Padres do it. And I just know tonight in Minneapolis and St. Paul in the Twin Cities, fans are ecstatic. They're just absolutely ecstatic that the Saints, who have been beloved there for 25, if not 30 years, I'm now, now going to be the AAA affiliate for the Twins. One thing you're going to see in baseball, if you haven't noticed already, but so many minor league teams are, are going to basically be gone. You yeah, know? independent leagues and going so, away. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of teams, and unfortunately a lot of people that work in baseball or people in small cities that love these teams, 
that it's gone. And as we talked about before, the draft that was cut down to five rounds a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, they aren't going to go back to the 40 rounds or they're no. going to go back to the 60 rounds back in the day. They aren't doing that because we talked about this a million times. Only 3% of the guys drafted yeah. make it to the major leagues anyway. It's it's a basically a losing money business. Why would you constantly go that route? So we talked about there may be a draft down to two rounds. You see major league baseball being cut and, Obviously, teams lost a ton of money this year as we started the show with with you know no fans going in and and sixty games, so um, it, it's kind of sad to see when you see some of these teams and these people that are affected by it go man th- this is what we looked forward to this was our summer this was our family but from the draft standpoint I kind of like it I like that the MLB draft is cut down to five because I look at it from a player's perspective and if you're a player and you're drafted in the 12th round by Tampa, right? Yep. That That's where you're going, and this is the money you're getting. Now, if you're a player and you're not selected in those first five rounds and you may have gone, your phone may ring a few times, and you may have an opportunity to say, well, do I want to go to the Rangers who are offering me X? Do I want to go to Tampa? Do I want to stay closer to home and play for the Angels? What do I want to do? And now all of a sudden, I think it becomes really, really good. And I love, too, that as a Padre fan, you start saying, okay, we've got five. Man, we really need depth at the catcher position. Uh, let's go out and get a few guys, right? Let's go out and, and get three or four guys to build up our depth and not hope that one of them falls to us and pick 147. Dave, for me, I, I look at that, and maybe I'm crazy. I mean, I know it impacts. Well, impact- last year, it was a, it was a straight flat fee of $20,000. So it wasn't a bidding war. You know what I mean? It was 20. For the free agents? For the free agents. It was flat fee. Don't you think, though, that bucks. has to change moving forward? Because we always bring up the word collusion in baseball, right? Doesn't it seem right. like there, there's something wrong there if the Yankees, Padres, and Dodgers all want the same guy. Why are all three teams offering $20,000? Yeah, now, but if I'm the player. You're the best fit. Right. I'm going to get twenty grand. But if I play shortstop, do I really want to go to San Diego? Exactly right. Or do I want to go to fill in the blank? Yeah. And you start looking around and go, okay, well, where could I go? Uh, damn, I guess I'll go to the Angels because I have a much clearer path if I'm getting the same dough. Yep. See, I, I, I look at it. Uh, it may benefit the players ultimately because you got to – See, the only thing is with twenty grand and twenty grand, like if I'm a team I'm trying to think of a team that, that just pops into the top of my head, a team that I I guess it would be the Angels, right? I'm just thinking about a team that struggled. Man, I gotta have something. I gotta have one other bullet in the gun that I can use to try to swing guys out here. If the money's all the same, I, I gotta be able to to do something to sweeten the pot a little bit. But look, we just Driving down tonight, I you mentioned Darren. I I, I feel so bad for for Darren and Jack Cronin because these guys are all working remotely because everything's purple. And every show that you turn into, it sounds like, well, Jack, you know, here's a man. I gotta tell you, Jack, it's so exciting. And then the mic's right here, and then it's here, and you're like, what the fuck? What are you guys doing? Did you guys win a contest? Like, how would this get so fucked up? But the ultimate message that uh, those two boneheads were given tonight is that you get closer and closer to a vaccine. Yeah. And you're getting closer, man. And when that vaccine happens and all of us can can uh, 
feel a little better about getting out in public and going to games again. And then teams are seeing that source of revenue and, and everything else changes. Uh, it goes up a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But when you have almost 2,000 people, we're on, we're on track for 2,000 people to die a day. And health officials today screamed at Mike Pence that you have to get involved. You have to start doing something or it's going to be absolutely out of control. We're at a quarter million people have died and nobody's doing shit. And you're keeping the Biden administration from doing anything. It's fucking embarrassing. And you're one in 24 in lawsuits like Jesus Christ, you're the Washington generals. And uh, so get these fuckheads out of the way. And and see if the new guys can come in and and get some of this shit rolling and get us get business get schools open like God bless Scott Lewis I I've said it this poor son of a bitch has hit the same <laughs> drum for five months but you know what Scott I buy in you're exactly right and you've been right and my apologies for being so long to 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 buy into what you've said Scott's exactly right before anything else we have to find a way to get the schools open <laughs> get these fuckers. Let these kids get out of the house and breathe and see their buddies and interact. My fucking kids last night. Yeah. My fucking kids, I go over to their house and they had, this was their homework assignment. Their science teacher is great. Guy named Mr. Thompson. If anybody knows Mr. Thompson, LMAC, I've never spoken with this guy, but I just love him. He's a Padre fan and he really interacts with the kids and it's got to be incredibly difficult to try to teach these two dickheads, number one. I, I can't even imagine. I don't know anybody else in the class. This was his assignment. Build a paper airplane, take it out front, and throw it three times and measure the distance, record the distance, and turn it in, right? In a COVID world, think about any of you out there, and, and I'm, I'm thinking about Dan Williams, Thinking about Curry and Flugs, Walchev, uh, Pete and Point Loma, all you guys. When's the last time you just old school built a paper airplane? And I know all of you think you're great at it, so I'm challenging you. Do it. <laughs> Go build a paper airplane. Show it to me, right? Don't you use a paper clip? We were saying put a paper clip on the bottom at the nose because it'll give you a little extra life. Are you sure? I think so. Don't put it at the back because I did it at the back and it was not a good ex- example. But when we moved it to the front, it kind of got a little zip. So uh, that's it. That was it. Mr. Thompson put together a really cool homework assignment, and you know, get out, get a little fresh air, let the airplane go, and, and let me know what you do. That's funny. I so don't even know if my my older kid even knows how to build a paper airplane. Yeah. Well, so uh, their mom said to him, "We were getting ready to go out last night." We determined we're going to take the dog out for a ride in the car. Dog never goes out. So we're like, this would be great. And uh, their mom goes, hey, do you have your homework done? Uh, yes. She goes, great. Let me see it. So they pause. And she said, tell me again. We had to do the airplane, throw it three times and, and record our findings. What they did was test one, test two, test three. And then under it wrote song lyrics. They didn't even fucking do the assignment. And I'm like, you're such, I go for two relatively smart guys. You make the dumbest decisions ever. Your fucking mom's a lawyer. Like you don't, how do you think you're going to win? 
And she's like, this is great. Test one. And it's, she just starts reading the lyrics. I go, what the fuck is that? I go, you're so fucking lazy. You won't make a paper airplane? Fuck's the matter with you? Were they writing their own songs? Or they saw famous songs. Nah, it's probably fucking Jeff Bridges lyrics, some shit, some shitty country music, Dwight Yoakam, that fucking dickhead. Who knows? So I said, let's go get the piece of paper. So they made the paper. We went out for 15 minutes last night firing paper airplanes. It was a blast. But I just go, like, for these teachers and these kids, I'm like, holy fuck, we got to get them back in so Mr. Thompson doesn't have to rely on them being honest and can say, hey, can walk around to the desk. Hey, man, how's your airplane? Try this. Try that. Do what these guys, men and women teachers, are so great at. Just give them the chance to fucking get my stupid kids back on track. They make me insane. And uh, Scott Lewis, I'm sorry. You've been right for eight months, and I mocked you, and I laughed at you, and I apologize because you were right. I and I laughed at you. I'm wrong. You were, Scott was right. It, it should have been priority one. He said it all along, uh, and he's a guy who's been in this garage. Love that yeah. dude. He's high ex- school students I feel really bad for, especially the seniors. Dave, so many of them. But even the little dudes, man. Even the little dudes that for Halloween, when you're doing the Halloween stuff, all those different things, you just got to have the ability uh, to get out and see your friends and yeah. burn some steam off, man. Like somebody said... Like, we don't do that to our dog. We don't leave our dog in a freaking crate all day, but we're doing it to our kids. So, yeah, get this shit straightened out, Dave. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. Hey, want to mention tomorrow is Thursday night football. So, by the time you hear this, it's going to be tonight is the night for Thursday night football. You want to get ready because Thrive Fantasy is happening. Look, thrivefantasy.com. Dan Williams is here today. And I go, Dan, Count his you? winnings? Yeah, I go, he is counting his winnings. He is winning all the time. Bob Hunt's winning. The guys that listen to this show are winning. You guys are stepping up right now. You're playing Thrive Fantasy. How's it's, Bob's brother Mike doing? And so, oh, look at you. What? Look at you. Let's keep it Let's keep it clean. I'm trying. So, here's the deal. You, Jeff, right now, he's on the app. Jeff's on the yep. app right now. It's real simple. Dan says to me, he goes, I just use the app on my phone. It's really easy. In five minutes, I'm able to place my picks, and then I'm ready to go, and I'm watching the games. makes it so much more fun. All you have to do, look, with ThriveFantasy.com, come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is your daily fantasy sports and eSports app for player props. It's very easy. Jeff and I are loving it. The people that have tried it out, it's very simple. As Dan says, man, because I just pay $5, and he goes, I'm walking away with big-time money. It's very easy. It's a lot of fun. Makes those Thursday night games that much more exciting. And forget about the weekends. You can go mornings, you can go afternoon, and then you have Sunday night football. You have the whole deal. But it's a blast to play. Tomorrow, oh. by the way, on Thursday night, you have Arizona and Seattle. It's going to be a very exciting matchup of two great quarterbacks. Uh, so what you want to do is you want to download uh, the app or go to thrivefantasy.com. When you go to Thrive, I would actually do it on the website. I, I found that on the website – I was able to get our initial uh, sign-up done uh, much faster. And so go uh, to thrivefantasy.com, sign up, use the promo code D-A-J-S. When you use that promo code D-A-J-S, they're going to match your initial deposit, and it's going to be very, very cool. Now, listen, this is the deal. I'm playing the $5 uh, Thursday Night Football Rush and I'm going to do it right here on the air. Dave, you and I are going to go over this right now. Okay. Uh, all I got to do is I got to pick 10 of these. We're going to crank through them. Kyler Murray, 276 and a half yards total passing. Over, he, under. Over. He uh, Seattle's defense is terrible. 
Uh, Kyler Murray, 26 and a half total completions over under. I'm going to go the under. All right. Uh, Kenyon Drake, running back, 60 yards. Do we want to do that one? You know what? Here's the or thing. Or do we want to do one one rushing touchdown, yay or nay? Okay, here you go. With Kenyon Drake, and I'll because I'll, Alabama's my team, Alabama had four running backs last week, including Kenyon Drake that ran over 100 yards. Pretty crazy. Kenyon Drake will not run for 100 this week. I, I don't see it. So I'm going uh, I'm going the under on that one. Under. Does he get in the end zone? Yes, Can, I say he does. All right, perfect. Right now, this is how it goes. So you're just going right down the app. DeAndre Hopkins broke the hearts of everybody in Buffalo last week. <laughs> Coming back, Dave, uh, we've got a couple of different opportunities to play for him. 89 and a half total receiving yards. Easy, we, easy one. He's going over, over, right? Yep. All right. Now we're going to move ahead. Uh, Zane Gonzalez from Arizona, six and a half total points. Yay or nay? That's a great one. I'm going. I'm going over. I think so too. Uh, all right, let's move to Russell Wilson. Okay. Uh, Three hundred and twenty-five total passing yards and rushing yards. So oh, combined, over, over. He's had a bad couple of weeks. I say he has a great week. All right, now we're going. Uh, Russell Wilson, two and a half is our total for passing touchdowns plus interceptions. Going over. All right, we'll take that. Uh, just like that, we're at eight. Carlos Hyde's in here. Do we want to go Carlos Hyde over 35 and a half rushing and receiving yards? Or no, we're going under. Or we don't have to take it. Yeah, and I like that one because they never use their running backs. So we're doing which one? I'm going under. Under 35 and a half total rushing and receiving yards. Yep. All right. Uh, Carlo, uh, DJ, uh, DK, my goodness, I do it all the time. DK Metcalf has a total, a couple of different options we can play. 76 and a half total receiving yards or six and a half total receptions. Boy, I like both of them over. Over? Uh, yeah, okay. I like both. I think DK has a huge game. He did not have a great game last week against the Rams. All right. So now just like that, and then we're going to take the Arizona kicker for the overs. How about that? Okay. Over five and a half. And just like that, like we're it. done. We submit the picks, $5, and we're in. So you heard all of them. It's just that simple. ThriveFantasy.com. Now all of a sudden we're all invested in Thursday night football for just a $5 investment. D-A-J-S is your promo code at sign up. Perfect. That's awesome. That's a, That was a lot of fun. Yeah, cool, right? And I played along with you as we were doing it. So yeah, well, I'm not giving you any money. Maybe I will. Well, I don't need your damn money because I played along as well. Oh, you got the same picks? Yeah, I picked the, oh, you and I are going to go together. I got to change that. You son of a bitch. You're a son of a bitch. We're both going to win together. Yeah, Dan Williams. And we're going to call Dan, and we're going to say, Dan, what do we do with our winnings? Dan's your guy right now. Dan's your guy to help you get out of debt. Dan's a guy to help you get out of the rental market. We tell you all the time, two big things you want to do. You want to get out of debt. You want to get out of the rental market. You want to buy your own home. So many people have made the smart move to call Dan to basically turn their lives around. It's one of the things that is so stressful. If money is one of those things that becomes a factor in your everyday life, if you're worrying about do you have enough money? Do you have enough money not only for today, but to make it last? Dan Williams is your guy. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. You know, I, I forget to mention, and I, I really, uh, uh, my apologies to the audience. Last week, I had a great conversation with Dan, and we were talking about the impact that the new administration could have on you, all of you, as a first-time homebuyer, I can tell you that in 2009, when I bought my condo, I was incredibly lucky because the Obama administration put in a ton 
of incredible incentives for me to buy a home. And when I talked to Dan last week, we were saying that right now, the Biden administration is looking to do something very, very similar. And it could benefit any of you that are looking to be a first-time homebuyer. So how do you do that? Well, the administration takes place, uh, is scheduled to take over in January. Assuming that moves, uh, moves. That squatter out of there? Get (laughs) get that squatter out of there. Uh, You have to make sure that you're good to go. And that's where Dan comes in so handy. 858-688-6813. So many different opportunities for you as a first-time homebuyer where the government is going to make it so easy for you. Call Dan, let him walk you through it, and tell you just how incredibly low your initial down payment can be. 858-688-6813. Absolutely. Brian Curry is the guy you're going to call when it comes to buying that new house. Brian, again, is the guy that's going to help you sell your house, find that new house, whether it's bigger or smaller, all over San Diego County. Brian Curry knows it. He wrote something yesterday on yeah. Twitter, basically, and we told you, look, if you have any questions at all of what's going to happen in 2021, Brian Curry can walk you through the process. He's also your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, make sure you call Brian Curry, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. Well, I just mentioned the call that you should be making to Dan Williams. The next call you're going to make is to Brian Curry. And you're going to call Brian because you want to find out, hey, listen, this is the amount of money that I have. I've talked to Dan. This seems to be what my range is. I feel like I could go somewhere in the three hundred dollars to $500,000 range. I would like to be in Hamul. I would like a little bit of land in the backyard for plans that I'll tell you about in a minute. And this is what I'm looking at. Is it possible? My second choice would be uh, Ramona. And if I, my third choice would be Oceanside. This is the money that I have 300 to 500. This is my family. Who the God dang it. Jesus. People are like, what is that number? I will tell you in a second. God damn it. I'm so sorry to get angry like that. I've tried to be better recently, but when people push me, to give away the, the punchline before the, the setup's done, it really irritates me. I'm a tornado of rage right now. I don't know why they do it, but they but do it every, every time. time. Where are those pictures? Uh, I, fuck, I just forgot my whole train of thought. I'm going to throw this fucking phone across the wall. <laughs> Right well, now, I know, Brian. Right now, Alan Horton's laughing his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> Give Brian a call, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. Uh, and, and this, too, for any of you looking to sell, man, oh, man, the, the market, your house is going to be on the market. I tell you what, you better have that goddamn garage put together. That's why Dave didn't sell, because Brian's <laughs> like, I got 19 offers, and Dave's like, I got all my bobbleheads. Brian's like, I'm moving on, Palais. If you got your shit together, unlike somebody else, not mentioning names, but initials are Diablo, uh, give Brian a call and he can get you in your new house or get you out of your old house, whichever one fits. You know what's going to be in this garage next week at this time? Uh, what's that? A brand new dog. I can't wait. I know. We missed I having a dog wait. in here. Oh, it's going to be so great. Jesus. 
Oh, man. All right. So, Taylor May Pools. Guess what? We're giving you everything in order on how to do yeah. this, by the way. So, we told you, Dan. We told you, Brian. And next thing you're going to do, you want that perfect pool. Taylor May Pools. They're waiting for you. Alan Taylor's the guy to help you out. You're in San Diego County. Alan Taylor's your guy. You're outside of San Diego County. Alan Taylor might tell you to fuck off. Yeah. Guess what? He doesn't need you. But San if Diego you're north County, of the 52. <laughs> things are going good because it's hot as fuck. And right. guess what? Alan Taylor's busy, but he can build that perfect pool for you. He'll walk you through the process. The reason he's busy, because everyone knows he's the best in the business. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. I think we've all seen it. It's the parents that believe they have the next Michael Phelps. And they have all these kids in swimming goggles and they're swimming in a, a short tub acting like they've got a, a lap pool in their backyard. We all know they're full of shit. You know you're full of shit. What are you doing? And we mentioned you're going to buy a house and it's going to have a huge backyard and you're going to look at that backyard and you go, well, we can do one of two things. We can go lawn darts or we can have the Pam Greer starring as Jackie Brent. Well, I guess probably more starring as coffee. Uh, Pam Greer pool, cash special, first uh, first four. Okay. First four people tonight. I, I mean, Pam Greer is some kind of perfect. 619-449-4452. We mentioned, though, Dave, when we were talking about kids and the need to get out and burn energy and with COVID, uh, nobody can use the community pool, right? Yep. Can you imagine if you had been one of the smart ones who made that call to Al Taylor and the team at TaylorMade Pools within the last six months or within the last year and that pool was built? Yep. You could be out there every day. School's in. I know a lot of classes get done at noon or one you You're on that Zoom meeting. You tell those kids, get back there. Burn off a little steam. You can do it yourself. But it starts with that phone call, 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Absolutely. Kyle Fluger is your guy for that brand new website. If you have a website that you're saying, I'm looking to start a brand new business, I got to figure a way to make some money during COVID and have some great ideas, Kyle Fluger is your guy. If you have a website that just isn't drumming up the business that you need, Kyle Fluger is your guy. The brand new website that he's been working on, whatwouldtheodo.com, it's already <laughs> taken. You can't use that. Oh. Cops fan, he's going through a tough time. Kyle's your guy, though. 619 500 Six six two one six one nine five hundred six six two one. I have some friends that just relaunched a website, and while they went through issues, right? There's yep. a man, oh man, absolutely fantastic, and you can do the same. They're not local, or I would have sent them to Kyle Fluger, but right now, anybody who can hear this, he can work with you remotely. Take a look at it. Dave mentioned it. If the website that you have is not performing at the level, and boy, it sure feels like, Dave, from everything you hear, internet retails, online retail sales seem to be unbelievably yep. high right now. So if you're looking and your numbers are not exceeding where you were last year, why is it? And that might be the other reason why you want to give Kyle Fluger a call. Call him and ask him. And Dave, I can't be more excited. Do you know what Kyle announced today? What? We have more and more people, including our friend Nick Rogers, uh, James Hughes. They've all signed up. You get the same email I do, uh, that they've signed up for the Dave and Jeff newsletter. And I got to admit, when I get those emails, I laugh and laugh because I appreciate all of you being excited, looking forward to the newsletter. But this show's more than 22 years old, and we haven't even written the first line. <laughs> 
Today, Kyle Pfluger and Sean Walchev texted me, and they said, you know what? We're going to start writing a twice-a-week newsletter. I said, my God, it's going to be unbelievable. They're going to have travel tips. Love it. There'll be dance videos. There'll be uh, homemade cocktails. There'll be how to protect your brakes. There'll be all kinds of uh, hometown fixes uh, that you're going to love, and I can't wait. So make sure you get signed up for that newsletter and look for the first one, Kyle and Sean, uh, writing it. I, I just, they're like the Hardy Boys of our <laughs> newsletter, and I couldn't be more thrilled. That's our Sean this morning at 6 in the morning. First question he asked me, are you a dancer? And I went, what? A dancer? I said, no, I don't, do not dance. I'm not a big dancer. No. No. Are you a guy that when you go out, would you dance? No, the only time, this is the funny, like the last time I ever danced, was at my wedding. My wife was, I think, I don't know, a couple months pregnant. We're on the beach at, at uh, McKenna Beach in Maui. Poor thing, pregnant with twins. She'd been sick the day before, and I said it. We're in like this deep sand at sunset. And this dude who just looked like Mr. Miyagi, but with this really deep voice, uh, would it be okay if I sang for you? And we're like, yeah, shit. Go ahead. We did a little champagne. We're the only two on the beach. And this guy's like, wise men say. And I'm like, I don't know what we're supposed to do. So it's the last time that I ever danced, and it was hysterical <laughs> because she and I, and he was great. Like, he was probably the king of karaoke in Maui, but when you're in the sand and your your poor, beautiful wife doesn't feel well and yeah. she's sick and you're trying to dance in deep sand you feel like a little bit of a dope but uh <laughs> so no i went into immediate retirement after that night all right here we go how old are they and how much are they worth it's november 18th. is sean a dancer he's yeah you know what he said he was a dancer because it got the chicks that's what he said well chicks like guys who can dance i tell you what his wife's about as goddamn cool as he gets so if he if he got rosie to say i do by being a dancer god bless him man i love those two they are that whole family is just great aren't they yeah the the wolf pack fuck i love those guys so hey man he's a brilliant dude i love it he's a closer I love that you said the wolf pack. He always says the same thing. It's I so, love the so wolf pack, funny. dude. I, I had never met his kids, and his son is- Is that right? This weekend was the first time you met him? Sean said to me the other day, he goes, dude, I don't think I've actually seen you in a year. I don't think he and I have wow. been in the same room. Like we, yeah. I told him, I go, I see you on social media all the time. Yeah. We had the best time, and so his son, I've just watched grow, both of his kids. Yeah. I've watched his kids grow up on social media. I was so excited- to see him, and he, that little dude, like, I've never, it's like Bo Woods, right? Yeah. Like, I've never actually been in the same room with Bo, but we've watched Bo grow up, and and you know it'll be the case with Bo. It was the case with Sean's son. He just exceeded expectations. He was just the coolest little dude. Yeah. We got to get him out of that ratty Charger jersey. We got to get him a, a brighter future, but uh, get him a Kirk Cousins jersey or a, a Van McElroy jersey, but... Oh, that kid was just a champ, and yeah. I, I had a blast, man. It was so fun. Yeah, I love those guys. I tell you what, his his son always smiles, as you the saw. The coolest, right? Always smiling, and his daughter 
no joke, I wouldn't play poker with her. She looks through your eyes to the back of your brain. Right. And you, if you played poker, you just I just got a pair of twos. Fuck, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm afraid you're going to get me. But I liked it because every, t- <laughs> every cool time kid. I waved to her, she waved back to me. Oh, she's a great kid, but you can't yeah. bullshit her. No. You can't bullshit. I told Sean, she's the one you're going to give the business to. Right? Right. She's, yeah. the, she's, <laughs> she's the one. Yeah. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going Owen Wilson. Uh, Wedding Crashers 2 being talked about no in way. development. Wow. So excited. Owen Wilson is 48. 52. No shit. Yep. Where's he been? Dude, where's his brother been? Since oh, his school. brother does that uh, the goddamn live. It's the worst show. It's supposed to be like uh, 911 Dispatchers, okay. which you think would be right up my uh, right up our alley. For yeah. listening to that crazy scanner app, but it's all like reenactments. Oh, and he's right there in the middle, trying to act all dramatic like he's Robert Stack. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Fifty-two, dude. I think he's Robert worth some bang. Yeah. unsolved yeah, mysteries. So fucking funny. He said Robert Stack. Yeah. Uh, fifty-two, and I'm gonna say he's worth forty million. $70 million. Dude, did you see that movie that he did? Woody Allen movie. I think it's Midnight in Paris. No, you know what? I've never seen a Woody Allen movie. Dude, Owen Wilson is so fucking great. In mid- I think it's Midnight in Paris, Dave. And he's over there with his wife and like her family. And and it, it feels very similar to like, uh, like how Kevin Bacon and she's yeah. having a baby where like the family just doesn't like him and he feels out and he goes for a walk one night, midnight, and he ends up in this bar and it's all these legendary characters like F. Scott Fitzgerald yeah. and all these other people that are actually there in the bar. So it's all these iconic characters and then modern day Owen Wilson and he hangs out, and he loves it, and they love him, and they're telling stories. And then he's got to spend the rest of the day with the family that he's not comfortable, and he's just counting down, and he's thinking, like, how the fuck do I get out for another walk at midnight so I can go back to my uh, alternative life? It is so goddamn funny. Like, some Woody Allen movies, Broadway Danny Rose was so funny. Zelig was pretty funny. But, um, like, Annie Hall? Yeah. Awesome. But there are others that I just didn't get into. But you would dig Midnight in Paris. That is Owen Wilson. So goddamn funny. That movie is great. I think my two favorite Owen Wilson uh, roles for him was Meet the Parents. Uh, yeah. Yes. Fucking great. In yeah. that. He's great. He's great. He's in, the in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a douche. <laughs> and he's every. Yeah. He's every. Um, he's every ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Of the girl. Right, that, that you're, you're like going, that you're into. Yeah. yeah, and the dad loves him. Yeah, ah, just he's so handy. Then he he built that whole fucking yeah. thing out in the backyard yeah. where they had the wedding, the fire. Because he put and Ben Stiller, he put so much goddamn lacquer on it. <laughs> it's a big shot. <laughs> they even has the picture of them skydiving, <laughs> like smiling at the camera. Oh, he's so great that. All right, what's your other ben one Stiller's with him? like, what was the deal? That was purely a sexual, physical relationship. Ben Stiller's like, isn't fuck he, me. Isn't he playing in the in the water volleyball game yeah, too? Yeah. He's in that, Yeah, he's right? one gives him that shitty suit. Memory has to wear the Speedo. <laughs> Completely fucks him over. But he's great in that, and he's great in Starsky and Hutch. 
Dude, he is. Although I have to say, when's the last time you saw that? I haven't seen it, man, in years. It doesn't age it well. It didn't age well, damn it. Dude, when they... When he's singing David Soul's part and shit? Yeah, he's singing that. He's like, get my guitar, and Ben Stiller's all crying because he's all jacked up. Uh, dude, I'm telling you, I think Wedding Crashers yeah. is his... It's where it he's great, man. Because Vince Vaughn's just getting crushed by Bradley Cooper. I'm reading the Don't Kill Me books. <laughs> <laughs> and he's chasing Rachel McAdam. He's great, man. All right, David Ortiz. Uh, big Poppy. Oh, fuck. Uh, 46. 45. 45. $100 million. 55, it says. All 55 right. million. Megan Kelly. Wow. Uh, I used to like her. And then uh, I did like that movie that you, you had seen. Bombshell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Man, she looked... Uh, who was that? Nicole Kidman or Charlize Theron, right? Yes. Looked uh, just it, like her. God, everyone looked just like her. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, Megan Kelly made a ton of fucking money from NBC and from Fox. So let me do the math first on her. 48? 50 years old. 50 years old. Um, 50 million. Very close. $45 million. Pretty good. All right, so here's the Did you next. hook up with her? Yes. Yes. And I think you're going to walk away kicking rocks down the road. <laughs> Oscar Nunez. Do you know who he is? See the guy from uh, The Office? You got it. I didn't think you'd get that. Dude, he's, he's great. Who, by the way, is straight in real life. Like, I had to look up to see if he was gay or not. Is he real? Why? Yeah. Because I was curious. So bored? I, I was. I was bored. I had to look at it and see what's the deal. Well, we're all happy you did. Oscar Nunez. It's like the guy on Modern Family. You kind of want yeah. it, right? Stone Street? Yep. All right. Hang on. Oscar Nunez, 56. 62. No shit. Yeah. How about that? Uh, $10 million. $3 million. Ah, they he was good on that. He was good on there, but you got to think, how many times do guys like not say anything? Like yeah. Stanley barely t- spoke. Stanley, Angela. Yeah. Dude, who's the redhead? Meredith? Yeah, Meredith is great. Dude, Meredith is so funny. <laughs> on 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 Steve Carell's last day, when he was like, "I thought we'd sleep together," and she's like, "Well, it's still early," and he's like, "No, we're not going to." And she's like, "Okay." She walks out of the office. <laughs> she's so funny. All, All right, right. Here, here we go. Random questions. What's the one thing in the house you can fix? Oh, that's cool. It's the one thing in the house I could fix. Uh, I can fix the, I was pretty good at fixing the dishwasher. Really? You could actually or, fix no, it? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, dishwasher. Garbage Fuck disposal. Disposal. Yeah. And not just pushing the red button, doing all that shit. Um, I feel like there were a few things I had to fix. The vacuum. Could you fix that? Yeah. Oh. I had to take that apart. You just kind of, it's just. You fixed the printer once. You yeah. called me in Tennessee, you're tanked. You don't Dude, know how you did it, but you fixed the printer. Yeah. Just blotto. And I was so excited I fixed the printer. No idea how I did it. Like the same night, one of our hottest friends had a boob job, and I told her, uh, she goes, what do you think? She showed me the boob job. I said, God, I kind of got to see the whole thing. And she goes, okay. And she got all the way naked. This was before I got married. She got all the way naked, and I called Dave like at like midnight and said, I just saw so-and-so completely naked. 
And then uh, Dave called me the next day and said, how was it? And I said, how was what? And Dave said, seeing so-and-so naked. I was like, what? Who did? He's like, you did, you dumb shit. You called me at midnight. What? It's a true story. Absolutely zero memory. Zero <laughs> fucking memory of any part of that happening. Uh, and I said that to the friend, and they're like, oh, yeah, I absolutely did. I'm yeah. like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um that is funny all right so yeah that's about it what can you fix this. i can fix shit if um the one thing the two things i do if i change a light bulb i'm excited which yeah is, I, this house has eight million different light bulbs but i have uh the one thing i i do is i can change a shower head out with uh, oh yeah the plumber's tape i can do that deal. that's a that's a kind of yeah. fun little household deal that? right yeah. yeah i'm like there you go that's one thing i can do but right. you know what's good on that dave you gotta be careful man it's a little bit because if you go too light on that plumber's tape you're gonna you're gonna get everything put back together and then you're gonna you're gonna start seeing that leak right yep and then uh but if you go too crazy then you're not gonna get the right fit exactly right yeah there you go i like that one okay we could do that we could probably work for uh who Corky? No, could you do that? <laughs> no, dude. No, I can't fix shit. No, who? We could work for Bill Howe. How many? How, okay, how do you have tools? You have a set of tools? Uh no. Yeah, see, I barely have any tools. No, I have scissors. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> scissors to open up the shower head. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Fuck, that's embarrassing. All right, if uh, if you could be a GM in any professional league, what league would it be? Love that. If I could be a GM in any league. Uh, that's really cool. I would be a GM. Uh, I think I'd be a GM in baseball. Yeah, me too. Because baseball is just great, and you you can trust your eyes, yeah. right? You can just trust your eyes. You don't have the restraints of a salary cap and all that. But, man, it is... Boy, like the NFL, so yeah. challenging, right, to get all that. Now, I mean, the NFL, no league lets you erase a, a mistake faster than the, the NFL, right? But the NHL, like you're really judging guys at like 15 and 16, determining. I mean, I know they got to be 18 and when they come into the league, but it's – and you got to go. I mean, NBA and NHL right now, Dave, you got to have eyes in every corner of the world. Yeah. I mean, baseball is not far off from that. The Dodgers but, signed a 16-year-old catcher today. Unbelievable, you see right? The Yankees and Dodgers are going for the same guy. Wow. 16-year-old catcher. Wow. Yeah, baseball be fun. That's crazy. All right. Who's your all-time favorite San Diego play-by-play announcer? All-time favorite – I should have asked you who's your your worst, but who's your all time favorite? Um, it's interesting. I did like in the early days of the Gulls when it was Ron Oaks Dugay with a shot wide. He was, you'd watch the game live, and he was only about eight. 15 seconds behind the play. Here's a Scotty Arneal with a shot. Oh, my all-time favorite bar none, Norm Ulrich. Really? Norm Ulrich was the voice of the Gulls. Uh, yes, hands down, my all-time favorite. Norm was the voice of the Gulls in, 
I got to do the math on this. Uh, 90-91. The Gulls were in the IHL. It's the year that they went like, they had some crazy record of like 70 and, and 12 and were just demolishing teams. And uh, and then they got beat by Fort Wayne in the finals. But they were owned by Fred Comrie. And Fred was just spending money and brought Sean Burke in and brought all Dugay and all yeah, these guys in. And so we had the games at KSDL. So Norm had Norm had this voice. Now we got to fight. And he'd yell it all the time. And the Gulls would be up every game like five to nothing. And when they went up five nothing, he just fucking lost it. And then with like 25 seconds to go, you know, Green Bay or whoever the fuck they're playing would score, shoots and scores. And now it's five to one. Like, like they were down five to one. <laughs> and I just, he was so goddamn funny. And he would do the same thing every night when I was counting him in. So, We'd go to the open, right? Dun, 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 dun. Gulls hockey's on the air. All right, Norman, 20 seconds. And Dave, ironically, his stat guy was a guy named Tex Winner who disappeared from San Diego one night. Nobody knows why, but Tex was on the run. Hey, Texas. He'd say every time. And I've listened to him in queue. <laughs> and I'm like, one night I'm going to fuck up and this is going to get out over the air. And I'd be like, Normie, 15, here we go. Why don't you get down and give your Uncle Normie a little Hummer? I take it every night. It's the funniest shit ever. But Chris Ello will tell you, Ello, Ello was the PR guy. That's when I met Ello. He was the PR guy for the Gulls. He was the color guy, and he hosted Gulls Talk. I'm like, we think the 1360 signal is bad. KSDO had nothing. And he tells these stories of being on the road with Norm. And, like, Keith Gretzky and all these guys yeah. would show up at the door at, uh, like, 2.30 in the morning. Normie, want to play some poker? And Ello said it'd be completely dark in the room, and there'd be this pause. Let him in. <laughs> and he said the only thing you'd see is Normie lighting a cigarette. Oh, that's funny. And, uh... But fuck, dude, just he he came here from Peoria. He was only in San Diego for two years. Absolutely. I mean, the guy should have been in the fucking NHL. Uh, he was great, and Ella was great. But, um, That's hilarious. you know, Ted's family. But yeah. but I'm just saying for my favorite guy, who's your guy? You know, I, I tell you what, I love Bob Chandler. I always thought Bob oh, didn't get, get the yeah. credit he deserved. I think you just got to go Ted. I mean, Ted's the guy. That's why I said I should have picked well, who you hated most because Ted did everything. Well, Ted I mean, treated us well. Ted always did. I mean, look at Matt and Don. Look at Vascursion and Orsillo yeah. for what they did, right? Yeah. I mean, those guys are just... Yeah. I mean, Orsillo's going to be a Frick Award winner. He's going to yeah. be a Hall of Famer. And and Matt... I mean, I think if Matt had stayed here, yeah. Matt probably would have got the You're Frick right. Award too. So, I mean, just outstanding. But but just because where I was in my career as just a kid and how much fun it was as a hockey fan, Dugay and all those dudes on that team. Uh, and, yeah, and Elliot, just anybody, if you ever call Ello's show, just go, hey, Dave and Jeff said to ask you your favorite Norm Ulrich story. 
I don't know that he'll tell it, but he'll laugh his ass off. That he'll love it. That Special awesome. guy. All right, last question of the night. Um, what did your kids think of Casablanca? <laughs> Which I can't believe they had to watch. It's like 80 years old, that movie. Yeah, you know, okay. So the movie itself was incredibly dull. Yeah. But I have never seen a Humphrey Bogart movie. And it was cool watching that because you go, dude, this guy, you go, now I get it. Like, now I got why everybody was into him. Not Now I don't have any desire to see the Maltese Falcon or any of the other ones that he was in. But you go, dude, this guy's a legit, he's the man. Like, yeah. I, you hear his name and, and all the famous lines, right? And whatever it is, we'll always have Paris and, and here's looking at you. All these fucking lines that you've heard. Dave's guy, Fred Travelina and <laughs> Bert Convy do impressions of forever. Um, but I'll say this. We cooked up incredible burgers from our friend Brian at Hot Sauces and more. They were insane. And we all had a lot of fun. Tomorrow night, we're doing movie night again. And I like our chances. We're going to do Stand By Me. Oh, that's great. My kids have never seen Stand By Me, so we're going to see that tomorrow night. Okay. But, uh, yeah, cool to see it. Never a movie I'd watch again. Yeah. I understand. Have you ever seen it? What's the oldest, most classic movie you've seen? God, dude, that's like that. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think I have. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've none of those. No, I don't think I've ever seen a movie like in the fifties, even. Yeah, you know where you go, like just one of these really iconic. No, like a James Cagney movie, right? Yeah. Wait, you've seen It's a Wonderful Life. I have seen It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Now that's a great movie. It's a great movie, and there's so many movies they've made. Wizard of Oz, like it. Wizard of Oz. I guess you're right. In the thirties. Wizard of Oz. No, I never though. saw Gone with the Wind all the way through. Ah, oh, fuck. My no. mom used to watch that. Ah, oh, God. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. Um, but Wizard of Oz, if you see it, like they used to put that on CBS and they'd load so many commercials yeah. in. You thought it was like a nine-hour movie. No shit. The fucking movie is like 41 yeah. minutes. When I was a little kid, it would scare the shit out of me, too, with the witch and the monkeys. Yeah, I think Judy Garland would rock you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think she had her fastball. Um, One quick... <laughs> One quick radio thing, and then we can get out. Did you hear Wolfgang Van Halen? I did. Did you hear the song? I didn't hear the song. I had a, Dude, I, I, he's I, really good. I, I, yeah, it took off right when he was about to do the song. Uh, if, you, if you have Sirius XM, um, Stern did an interview the other day with Wolfgang Van Halen. I think anybody, as a parent who has sons, you listen to it. Man, he's unbelievable how great he is. Talking about his dad, talking about that they were really, really, he got his dad motivated that Wolfgang Van Halen was going to go out on tour with his own band and they were going to open for Van Halen with Michael Anthony back on bass, um, David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar and even Gary Sharon with Eddie and Alex. And Stern said, he goes, dude, that's incredible. He goes, you're the only guy in the world who could get him to buy into that. Yeah. And he said, yeah, he goes, and then just his dad got too sick. But he did this song called Distance. Uh, and it's a tribute to his father. Man, that kid has got an amazing voice. Yeah. And uh, it's just as fathers and sons and everything else, man, it is such a cool song. I thought it was interesting that he said his dad didn't realize the song was about him. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I don't know if that's cool or like, fuck, I put a lot of time into this, you know? I No. He, I think, Dave, if you heard the other part where Wolfgang said that he wanted to take guitar lessons, 
And his dad said, okay, well, let me think of who I can call. And he's like, no, I want to learn from you. And he's like, what? Oh, okay. Like, I, I just think it felt like their relationship was so incredibly strong that Eddie just, uh, like, he didn't look at himself that yeah. way. So I, I just think they were they were very tight. But, yeah, he said, he said, Stern asked him, like, it's a long interview. It's really good. But Stern said, were you ever jealous of the guitar? Because he obviously spent so much time practicing and doing everything. Was there ever a point in your life where you were jealous of the guitar? And I, it was the best answer for a son, and any dad would love it. He said, look, man, I, I get what the question is. But he goes, I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but talk to my mom or anybody else. As much as he loved that guitar, I know how much he loved me more. Yeah. And you go, fuck, that's great. So, yeah, check out the song Distance if you're a Van Halen fan. It's the song that Wolfgang wrote as a tribute to his dad. And then find that interview, man. It is outstanding. Absolutely. All right, we'll be back on Monday night, everybody. See you then.